This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. All right. Well, hey, welcome to the War Room today. We have another great guest with us today. Bill, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, coming from wonderful sunny California there, and uh, we were talking before the show, before the show, and it's going to be a blazing 74 degrees there, and it's like 13 here in Colorado. So I got a little bit of envy going on right now for that. And uh flashing the picture of the beach right out your window. That's uh yeah, I'm a little jealous right now. So all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did, right? Way to rub it in. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> well, well, hey, um, why don't you just so the audience knows a little bit who you are? Um Tell them, tell the audience a little bit who you are and what your superpower is, brother. Sure. So Bill Cologne, and I have a degree in chemical engineering, but I've been doing a, a full career over 40 years of medical device development, mm-hmm. mostly for vascular surgery and interventional radiology. So I, I guess the superpower is um, I'm reasonably successful at hearing what the doctors need and then figuring out how to make it. Man. That's amazing because that like runs the world right now, right? Is, you know, we've extended life by, you know, having the right equipment to do so compared to the 1800s, geez, probably even 1900s even. Um, But I'm curious though, if your background growing up, did was your family entrepreneurial or or was this something you just, jumped in and did on your own uh, not at all my my mm. dad had the same job for 38 years never had his own business and i i never even thought about being an entrepreneur i didn't know anything about it it was just that once i started working eight or nine years into it i started getting i guess hits from recruiters or from physician relationships i had developed people were asking me to go do startups so it was I think 11 and a half years after I started my career, I left and co-founded my first company. So it was something I've never heard of. But uh, after day one, I remember going home that night thinking I should have done this earlier. I wish I had done this. Just one day of being an entrepreneur was better than 11 and a half years of working for someone else. Yeah, man. Well, there's the first lesson. So I hope people picked up on that (laughs) already a lesson there right so um well kind of take us back through your you know just your entrepreneurial journey a little bit kind of in your own words of you know how that started for you and and you know how did that shape where you are today yeah it, it shaped everything but the first most important lesson when I started work the very first week, my boss, who was a really super smart guy, said, <laughs> build relationships and make connections. So when you yeah. go to me, 
you know, it isn't about just getting business cards back then before LinkedIn and before even cell phones. You know, he said, you, you have to work at developing relationships and building connections. That literally led to everything else. That's why after seven or eight years, there was outreach to me, come and help us do this, consider this startup, but that shaped everything. So I just continued with that. After I did the first startup, we, we literally held it for 11 years before we sold it. I continued to work on developing those relationships and literally everything that's happened the last 20 plus years is because of the work I did the first 10 years mm-hmm. creating relationships. So, but also once I got the entrepreneurial bug, there were periods when I went back and worked for companies or companies that acquired my company. But again, I just always knew uh, the personality and because of the relationships, I always wanted to stay an entrepreneur. Yeah. I will tell you, we lost a lot of that during you know, the last probably three years, you know, and I think people are, are now just now finally getting back out into networking and doing those things. But, but man, we seen a pretty huge hit in that. And and I think that affected a lot of the younger generation because they're, they didn't start in that type of mentality, but it's coming back, man. I'm seeing it coming back. People are getting out. They're going to events. They're starting to network again. There's a little bit of that awkwardness, right? Because people have been like, it's like they've been trapped in a box for three years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went to an event last night here in Orange County called OC Startup Day. Oh, cool. And there were probably a thousand people there. They did pitches. They had booths. So it wasn't entirely medical devices, but more shaped towards med tech. Mm. And that, of course, you know, for a few years that was gone because of COVID. But the meetings are coming back. And even though I know quite a few people, I still go to everyone. It's part yeah. of you know, duty. It's And that's the other lesson. You know, 90% of success is just showing up. Man, that's the truth right there. No doubt about that. The... uh Gosh, I, you know, I talk to a lot of people too, every single day. And it's funny how you mentioned that dynamic of what you have today was really built 10 years ago, right? That is so true when it comes to relationship-based things. And a relationship isn't just a business card and a connection on LinkedIn that you never talk to them again, right? So I, I don't know about you, but I try to be pretty selective about who I hit the yes button to <laughs> most of the time or yeah, I, I get I get a lot of outreach and I do try yeah. to think is it one both ways is it someone who can help me right. and is it someone that I can help so I, I do communicate with the connections on LinkedIn you know when I have new opportunities but that's how most of the opportunities come to me so right now all the companies I'm working with whether I'm on the boards or whether I'm advising or whether I'm you know part of the team all have come from people reaching out to me yeah so and it's because of the upfront work and then at working and you know really working hard on developing and nurturing the relationships not just you know hitting yes to a linkedin connection and you know building your linkedin numbers yeah right yeah i've i've actually found that that's it's very unhelpful actually, when you just have a bunch of garbage connected to you. And that's pretty much on all the social media platforms. 
for sure. But what what was the fascin? I guess what was the fascination with medical devices? I, I'm just curious, as just for my own self. You know, I, I really didn't have one. I just I was fortunate. I went to college at Arizona State University in mm-hmm. chemical engineering. When I started, everybody said, "Oh, you'll get a a job in gas and oil. You know, you'll get ten That's job offers." Well, right in the either second or third year of college was the gas crisis, and you're probably too young to remember, but that's when you had to wait in line to get gas, and your if your license plate was an even number, you could get gas on even days, and you know vice versa. So there were no jobs available in that when I graduated, hmm. and also that many years ago, you found jobs by either looking in the newspaper or going to the job center at school. So I went and there was a job posting on a bulletin board for a process engineer in a medical device company that happened to be in the same city where I went to college. So I applied and got the job. So I had never even considered medical devices, but you know, very fortunate, just kind of luck of the draw that the day I went over there, that job was posted and, uh, and they gave it to me. So, and then you did say one really key thing earlier, this has been great for 40 plus years because of exactly what you said folks are living longer so they just have more of a chance to need some kind of medical care so you have more of a chance to have heart disease or cancer because you know mm. the life expectancy grown you know 15 or 20 years you know in the last century so that's helpful for all our markets all of our markets are essentially growing yeah i i think it's fascinating i worked with uh uh he was a heart surgeon down in uh i think it was georgia so heart surgeon down in georgia very specialty heart stuff and uh he's like one of five in the world this guy and eventually the the medical device stuff started happening and they wanted him to use this vr ar robot stuff and all this stuff right and his feelings were very mixed about it. Like he, it was like, it's good, but I don't know. It's good, but maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. Maybe my hands are better or any of this, but after he used this device, it was amazing. The feedback he gave about it. He was like, you know what? I mean, that thing's more precise than I am. And, Mm -hmm. and all I have to do is just keep it on track. And so, I mean, the technology that has came from, from people like you, most people don't understand that without a lot of the technology that we have today, where people like you develop this technology, man, life would look a little bit different <laughs> for sure. So, man, huge thank you for that, for everybody well, that's listening. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Yeah, so... um What's the, I'm curious at what, what's like the, the process that you have to go through from an engineer brain, right. To, to, there has to be some like crazy needs assessments and things like that done that, that flow into this. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but it, I'd love to hear about it though. It's, it's the same thing every time. So usually probably two to five times a month, I'll get outreach from mostly physicians mm-hmm. or that have already started businesses and they have a, an idea or sometimes, you know, it literally is an idea. Other times it's already had a patent filed or issued or even a prototype built. 
but it's the same evaluation every time. Is there a very large and growing market? Is there a clear unmet need? Mm-hmm. Is is the idea a clear solution to the unmet need? Um, can we get patent protection on the idea? And then also, you know, can we build it for a reasonable price? Sometimes there's these incredible ideas <laughs> where you're saying, Doctor, this, you know, it's going to cost a thousand dollars to build one and we can only sell it for 100. So <laughs> although it's a great idea, you know, it's just, it's just not technically feasible. And then that final piece is something I mentioned, really, we have to know that either Medicare or private insurance can pay for it. So mm. it's the same evaluation of whether it's radiology, whether it's surgery, whatever product we're going to make, we go through those steps. And, you know, nine out of 10 times the the ideas fail that test. So end up being selective in, uh, in what I work with. So I just All work right. with, I think, seven boards right now. So I have various duties and responsibilities but so those seven have all passed the test for meeting all those requirements for me to want to be involved right i mean it's it, the i don't know the process but i imagine like that field the red tape in that field has to be phenomenal <laughs> well just the the regulatory i think now yeah. there's a lot of smart engineers and one of the reasons i'm in orange county I think I heard at a meeting recently there's there's over fifty eight thousand medical device employees here. Oh wow! So we have the the talent pool for everything from engineering to manufacturing, regulatory, clinical. So you put you know the the correct smart minds, we can build almost anything. And then of course our biggest red tape is both regulatory approvals in Europe and in mm-hmm. the U.S. So that's usually the biggest risk you know from the day we start. How long do you think it will take before we can actually sell because we get regulatory approvals? So that's, that's the biggest startups. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing's really fascinating to me because I am a widgets guy too. I love like the widgetry of things. And it's, it's funny because I was, I was 16 years old and you know what they say, great inventions come from solving a problem. Right. So and so I I grew up on a farm and we flood irrigated the farm and we would flood flood irrigate 24 hours a day. So you know the old miners light really? and the big battery you wear on your side, right? Well, <clears throat> the company of which I will not name um, that made those at the time, there was this cheap plastic uh, battery holder that came with it. And I thought, man, and it would rip after the first night, right? It was just so cheap. Right. So, so I went to work and I built this little prototype, this leather prototype and leather class in high school. Right. And it worked great. And my dad was like, gosh, we should really see if said company would like to buy this. Right. So, you know, not coming from a family of, of wealth or anything by any means. Um, my dad said, well, I saw this commercial for some company called Invention, blah, 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 right? And he goes, why don't you call them and get the free kit sent to us, right? So we did all that. And so they come back, well, we need $10,000 to do a patent shirt, this, this, blah, 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 right? Well, the fine writing was if you couldn't do that, basically, they took over your product, right? And... It, it couldn't have been any more than a year 
Rayovac had those in their in their uh their light mm. kits. Exact same leather case, the whole nine yards. So I could have been a millionaire at 16. It just wasn't meant to be, but it just goes to show you keep your stuff wired tight and make sure you, you got people around you that are gonna gonna take care yeah. and and watch the process because there's this temptation to right away when you have a clever idea to start telling everybody mm-hmm. or to file patents and i try to tell mostly we get the ideas from physicians try to tell them don't do that you know check things out first if you reveal any idea you know have folks sign an nda first i know it's great in the or or at cocktail parties or wherever <laughs> you're at social functions to boast about you know the great new idea you have but you're exposing what you don't need to expose that doesn't add value so keep it tight we talk to people under an nda and only file patent protection you know when you really believe you have something and you're willing to commit so I, i get a lot of calls from physicians who don't understand that a provisional patent is an application only Mm -hmm. and when they get you know at day 360 they get a note from their patent attorney going hey now you have five days to turn this into a full application that's going to cost about twenty thousand dollars you know then i get a call like okay what should i do i said well you you shouldn't have filed the provisional application in the first place yeah yeah but also i have several clinicians that have uh, uh, filed several patents and have had several patents issued Uh, some folks have spent in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and literally there's there's no product it's never been prototyped there's no company there's just all this there and i'm really surprised at how frequently that happens how many times i get that call well i mean proof of concept is a real thing (laughs) you file the patent later but you know have someone help you or, or figure out yourself to see, you know, can it be a company? Can it be something I commercialize? Can it be something that someone else takes forward? Do all that before you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars of your own money. But yeah. that being said, you know, now I, I do have to talk about single pass our device. This this um, biopsy closure device, which is a only one of its kind, electrocautery uh-huh. device to, to prevent bleeding after biopsy procedures. Two physicians in Arizona invented the idea. They did file two patents and one of them issued and they did, did build working prototypes before they were introduced to me. And I was introduced to them by a hand surgeon that I had made a product for. We sold it to Stryker. So now he introduces all his friends to me, <laughs> but these doctors do lots of liver and kidney and lung biopsies. And they always had bleeding issues and there was nothing to stop the bleeding issues. So they thought, well, wow, they use cautery and electrocautery to stop bleeding for open surgery. Why can't we make a device that's small enough, and this is this probe of how tiny it is, to go inside a guide needle. And before you pull out the guide needle, which is this, which is really tiny, um, oh. just heat seal or cauterize all that tissue all the way out. So this is the, the current company, Single Pass, and we are very close to regulatory approval in the U.S. and in Europe. And uh, by January, we will be selling worldwide. And this, this company is only uh, 32 months old. Wow. So we did we did a lot very quickly. Yeah, I would say holy crap. <laughs> Way to speed the product pro the process up, right? Yeah, it, it did help that the doctors did have you know a really good idea. We did work yeah. with a really 
for uh, contract manufacturing organizations. So uh, everything's done here in Southern California. So this was probably one of the fastest I've ever done from, you know, an idea in somebody's head all the way to a business, which, you know, soon will be developing revenue. Wow. So we're, we're happy with the way this is going. There's been a lot of press about us lately and no. we're looking forward to launch early next year. Yeah. Well, Hey, that this, this conversation led full circle back to relationships, right? <laughs> Funny how that yeah. happens. <laughs> I would have, I would have never met guys, even though I live in Southern California, but they're in Phoenix and, right. you know, the introduction because I had success with the hand surgeon. And so he's made several introductions to me, but you know, mm -hmm. just this, the one that I, I thought when we did diligence, like, okay, there is a large unmet need. This is, they do over 5 million biopsies every year and there's no solution to prevent bleeding right now. You pull the needle out and you apply pressure and you hope people don't bleed. So this is the first product of its kind where we can, you know, ensure that people aren't bleeding after yeah. their biopsy. So this yeah. is uh said, Hey, this one's got legs. Let's, uh, let's raise some money and let's develop this product. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. I, I, I could geek out about this for hours and talk about this for hours. No, no doubt. Cause I, I'm a product guy brained. I just, it's, it's, uh, it really does fascinate me, but, but, uh, in, in the interest of time, I won't geek out too long with it, but, but, uh, anyway, the, the amount of lessons there that were through that conversation, there's a lot of lessons there, but for those that are hard headed and just couldn't catch them. You had a couple of go-to piece of pieces of advice that you'd give to a young entrepreneur to miss some arrows. Yeah. What, what would that yeah. be? And again, that first one is most important in building the relationships, mm -hmm. you know, right away in your career, build the relationships, nurture the relationships, develop the relationships. And then along with that, the, the best thing you can do, become an expert at something. Mm. I was fortunate. I, the first job let me become an expert at a certain type of processing that is still in large need. So I get a lot of reach out for that. And most of my friends that have started businesses became experts, either maybe regulatory or clinical or quality. Those allow you the avenue to become an entrepreneur. So many of my friends that were highly regarded in their area of expertise are able to leave and start their own businesses because they are recognized as experts. So instead yeah. of being a general, yeah, you need to know a little bit about a lot, but become a well-known expert in something. And that is the easiest path to becoming an entrepreneur. And then that final thing of, you know, just, just show up. I, mm. I'm pretty well connected, but I still go to every meeting, every time, you know, every Orange County med device meeting. Uh, if I'm not traveling, I go all the time to reconnect and, Usually, you know, like last night, I met uh, two new folks that I didn't know before that I'm going to reach out to that may be helpful for me and I may be helpful for them. And if I decided to come home at five o'clock instead of going to that evening event, I wouldn't have met those folks. Right. So it's just, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I'm tired after working all day. You know, I don't need to do that. But you got to show up. You got to yeah. keep showing up. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I un I I understand it. and. You know, I, I just got back. I was in Arizona for five days down there. Crazy five days. 
to here right into client operations and tonight another client flying in from texas so it's just it's crazy right but but that's business right so and uh i I love that formula and i hope i hope people take that formula because that's a great business formula that you got going there and uh i hope people are paying attention to it for sure um well, hey, how do you want people that listen to this episode to contact you if they're in this field or be able to explore all the things that you do? They can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. And if they, they message me and, you know, again, if I if I think I can help them or make introductions, I'll connect. Mm-hmm. And uh, or if they want advice or again, it may be someone that I need. I have multiple projects going on. It may be someone that has uh, a skill that I need and, you know, it could, it could lead to business for them sure. or you have a product idea or, you know, it's you uh, those all the time and uh, do a lot of evaluations. So I just need to keep the pipeline going. So yeah. I need, I need idea flow. And then beyond that, it's, you know, investor relations and that's how I keep the businesses going. Idea flow. I love that. Usually hear about deal flow, not idea flow. <laughs> well, the, the ideas added, then they turn into the deals. Yeah, that's right. No, that's a good one though, for sure. Well, well, awesome. Well, to kind of wrap things up here, I always like to ask this question, and that is, if you could have invited anybody to be here with us today on the show, dead or alive, any point from any point in time in history, doesn't matter who it is. Uh, who would have you loved to have here and why them? You know, you, you asked me this at the beginning and I thought about, and actually I, I would like Dr. Ted Dietrich to have been here. So he passed away about eight or 10 years ago, but he was the, the famous cardiovascular surgeon that co-founded my first startup with me. Mm. And I learned so much from him. He was the smartest, most innovative and hardworking guy. When I saw what he did as far as putting in hours and he was always on the leading edge of innovation. And if, if it wasn't for him asking me to start a company with him, I, I wouldn't have known much of anything that I know today. I mean, I, I knew how to work with a medical device company, how to develop products, but the entrepreneurship opportunity he gave me by trusting me to start a company with me that uh, that was successful and that we later sold and everything I learned from him working with him for 11 and a half years I mean he was just an incredible guy a fantastic surgeon an incredible speaker on the leading edge of everything I wish he could have been here because it would have been great for him to see everything I've done since we stopped working together and we did have some additional work together after we sold our startup, but, uh, but, you know, 10 more years of this, it would have, I think he would have enjoyed to see what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's always great. If you know, those mentors, those people that we look back to in our lives, if, if we could always have them somehow, well, I guess you never know. Depends on your beliefs. I won't get into that, but, uh, they're, they're, they're they're probably watching. (laughs) He was one of the reasons my, well, used we used to say Rolodex uh, is so mm. big because, you know, all the introductions I could get into anywhere and meet anyone because of him. Mm. So that's how I have the, the clinical outreach I have. That's how I have the physician network that I have. 
is solely due to him. Well, maybe a little bit due to me, but uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Yeah. And he took that chance on you, right? Yeah. He liked me. We had kind of worked <laughs> together. One day his secretary called me, said, come down on a Sunday. Dr. Dietrich wants to talk to you. And he put in front of me a, um, you know, a LLC formation document where I was a co-founder and a stock agreement and said, go home and think about this. See if you want to start a company with me. And actually uh, the next day, I went in and quit my job. I'd worked there 11 and a half years. And oh, I just wow. thought, if I think about it for two weeks, I'll think of reasons not to do this. Mm-hmm. So overnight, the next day I went in and gave two week notice. That's amazing. Fate took you the right direction, brother. Yeah, it, <laughs> it sure did. Who, who knows the things we would have missed over all these years if you wouldn't have been around. Yeah, you know, it is. <laughs> the companies and all the folks that I've hired and stuff and what would have happened to all of them if I didn't do what I did. Yeah. Where would they have ended up? But uh, yeah, but it's been a fun ride and still have, we still have some years to go. Yeah. It's kind of like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Yes. <laughs> George County is like, I guarantee somebody, if I don't know them, I'll know someone else who knows them. It's yeah. uh, pretty be here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, brother, what a great conversation. Thank you for being here on the show today. Um, As I always like to say, we all have the same 168 hours a week. Thanks for stopping by for 33 minutes and, you know, really, truly, honestly, dropping some really good gold nuggets for the audience, especially the younger founders that listen to the show. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm grateful for you and cause you're out there changing the world brother. And that's, that's a pretty big thing to get to do. Well, thank you very much. Trying my best. (laughs) All right. Cheers, my friend. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for listening to war room moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.